0: It's time for the Article 7 Podcast. It's almost time to wish you a Merry Christmas. This is the Article 7 podcast, uh, podcasting the sermons from me, Pastor Andy Jago, and also giving you some snippets of the ministry in and around the church where those sermons take place at Bethany Lutheran at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. And we just have a potpourri of Christmas stuff. Uh, for you in this podcast, uh, we have a little bit of our preschool, uh, some of our services coming up. Just going to tell you a little bit about uh, Christmas time at Bethany, some music by C2W and the King's Ringers making their podcast debut, I believe, and then the fourth sermon in the chapter one series, giving you Luke chapter one. So that's all coming up next. Well, in our first, uh, the, replacing the the feature of this podcast. So normally we. Uh, highlight uh, one of the ministries of Bethany or uh, something going on around town or something along those lines, but uh, I'm just going to mush a few little things here together to get us ready for Christmas time. The first is just a little snippet of our preschool service that we did. I mentioned that in the last podcast. Uh, the snippet I'm going to play is our preschool director, Tonya Fazik, uh, giving the Uh, Traditional introduction to the service, and then just a little bit of the kids singing. We uh, did a little uh, recording of this uh, 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 service, and you know, this uh, it just turns out there's two recording, there's two different services, two different recordings. Children, it just all depends on the children standing nearest the microphones as to how it uh, turns out. But you get a taste of it here. Uh, It's just a privilege to do this every year with the preschool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's probably your first uh, serving of Christmas ham uh, when I get to uh, play uh, different voices of the innkeeper and the shepherds and everything and narrate uh, the the in between the uh, children singing. It's like a Christmas gift, though, that I get to unwrap just to be able to work with the kids, interact with them while we do this, and then also uh, share with the parents a little bit about what we do during chapel time, too. Uh, at the very end of the preschool service, I'll I'll say to the kids, okay, now, now, how what do we do when we pray? And then they give me the four things that we do when we pray, and uh, we close our eyes, bow our heads, uh, and, uh, fold our hands, and keep our toes still. That's, and they always... Be are the loudest on the keep your toes still, so, um, so yeah, that's a, it just gives a, gives you a little window there, and uh, it's really nice also when Bethany members come in, and uh, even though they they're not preschool parents, but they help usher and things like that, and uh, interact a little bit with the parents as well. All right, so here's a little uh of the preschool service, uh, uh getting us ready for Christmas time.
1: Today, the children will tell the story of the birth of Jesus that occurred a long, long time ago in a place far, far away. And yet, Jesus' love remains with us to this very day. We invite you to join us as we sing of a hotel with no room and learn of a pregnant young mom who traveled a long distance on the back of a donkey. And there are angels and shepherds and wise men who follow stars. So listen, learn, sing and pray with us as our preschool friends share the good news of hope, joy, and new life that Jesus brings.
0: Well, that was our preschoolers getting us ready for Christmas time, and after all this preparation, well, then it's time to celebrate christmas so this is what's coming up at Bethany Lutheran at five thirty on Christmas Eve. It's our first service, which is our children's service, and that's a uh it's a it's a devotional that you could take home and do with your family. We have these large nativity scene figures that are there uh and uh they are brought out one by one and as we select books from a, a little book of carols and you get to take that book home along with the little devotionals that we did with each member of the holy family and all the animals and uh uh wise men and so forth and then as you look at your nativity scene at home you're able to uh to to have those little devotions at home as well at 7:30 we have our traditional candlelight service And this is where we do very traditional Christmas carols. Uh, There's the liturgy of evening prayer, which comes in at the end with the litany. But I think the thing that people remember most, though, is the fact that you get the the candles that you're holding, the lights go down, and we sing Silent Night. And that's, that's, that's a moment. That's a moment I look forward to every year. Uh, As we look at that scene in the church, it just brings such peace to your heart, knowing that peace that the Christ child came to bring. At 10 o'clock the next morning on Christmas Day is our service of Holy Communion. And then the following Sunday uh, is a special service we're trying out for the first time is a a hymn sing done with Christmas carols. Uh, Following that, the uh, week from (laughs) Christmas Eve is New Year's Eve. And uh, we have our African Immigrant Ministry, AIM for short, uh, doing the uh, uh, watch night service. That's a service of prayer and singing and dancing. And uh, I I wish I could give you a concrete start time for that. That's uh, somewhere between 9 and 10 o'clock is uh, when it really gets cranked up. People kind of filter in there in the beginning part of the evening and this is just part of the culture too. You know, people are coming off work and uh, they they know they're going to get to church and and see the new year in uh, here and uh, in the midst of worship and praise. And uh, it is a sight to see and the uh, end experience. Uh, and that'll go past midnight into about one ish. <laughs> so, uh, but it is a wonderful way to to greet the new year with our African immigrant ministry. Pastor Joseph B. Davis will be leading that service. Well, let me just give you a couple notes here with the music, and then we're we're just going to go right into the music and right into uh, the sermon afterward as well. So here's a, a few notes as we uh, go into this next part of the podcast. The music from C2W, actually a, a smaller crew, as some folks were out of town, uh, but this was music they did for our Sunday school service. And Mary, Did You Know? You may have heard that song, but that's this is our Bethany version of it. And oh, man, yeah, I, I won't I won't uh, kill it by uh, by commenting on it too much. You just need to experience it. Uh, then uh, after that, you'll hear the sermon, which is part four of chapter one, uh, looking at how each of the four gospels introduces Jesus and introduces the good news. I mean, each of these Gospels takes us to the cross, but they do that in different ways. And you'll hear the way that the Gospel of Luke does it in the sermon. Uh, Following that, the King's Ringers will make their podcast debut. And this is uh, an anthem they did, Lo How a Rose is Growing, uh, which they did during the prelude of last Sunday's service. Now, because it is the prelude, you may hear some extra noises uh, as people are walking in however I, I i if if my memory serves right, people were fairly quiet during this prelude. I think it was uh uh probably a testament to the quality of the the sounds that were coming from our children. This is our children's like we have a children's choir, the Alleluia singers, and this is our children's uh handbell choir that you will hear after the sermon. Well God may God bless the singing and the preaching and the playing of his word. As we prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Christ child at Christmas time.
1: did you know The face of God Mary did you know
2: Chapter 1, in a portion of the text that was read a moment ago, the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God, thus far the text. In the name of Jesus, dear Christian friends, I'm going to be turning to Luke chapter 1. You may wish to do so in your few Bibles, or if you brought your Bible with you, all the better. Luke chapter 1, which is a look at how this writer introduces Jesus to us. Each of the gospel writers does it in just a slightly different way. And the same is true here of Luke. By the way, page uh, 855 in your Pew Bible. If you wish to, I'll be jumping around here in Luke chapter 1. How does Luke do this in a different way? Well, he he gives us a travel narrative. I have a confession to make. I, I always wanted to write a travel book. Really, what I really wanted is that for someone to pay me to travel and to eat and to write about it. That would be fabulous if that were happening. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I'll enjoy Luke's travel narrative here. And why do I say travel narrative? Because it's a journey. We get a sense of the journey that Luke wants to take us on uh, in his gospel. Jesus is in Galilee beginning with chapter 4 of Luke's book. He introduces us to Jesus in the first few chapters, and then in chapter 4 we're in Galilee, and then there's a certain turning point. In chapter 9, verse 51, there's a verse that says he turned his face to Jerusalem. And right away there's opposition then to what Jesus is saying, and that's the character, the flavor of the book as we approach Jerusalem. We travel to Jerusalem. Luke gives us the story of that along the way. And then we're in Jerusalem. And then the book, Luke, closes. But the second book begins. You notice in chapter 1 here, the very first part of it, "It Inasmuch as I've undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also Having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Now there's one question that I have that is on my list of questions. It probably, when we get to heaven, it probably won't matter much. But I still have this list of questions of things that I need to, need to ask. One of them is, is Theophilus a person that Luke is writing to? Or the name means beloved by God. Does that mean the whole church? Does this mean you and I today? I don't have an answer for that, but something to think about. Theophilus is also the recipient of another book of the Bible, the book of Acts. So Luke narrates the story going from Galilee to Jerusalem, and then in the book of Acts, there's a verse right at the first chapter when Jesus ascends to heaven. It's a verse I hope that some of you here at Bethany are very familiar with because we've used it to frame our missions and how we think of how we do mission work here at Bethany. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So, And that's exactly the way the book of Acts goes. That's an outline for the whole book. We start in Jerusalem, go to Judea, Samaria, and then we're off to the ends of the earth. We get as far as Rome. So here, Luke is is going into Jerusalem... And then from Jerusalem going out, almost like a breath, inhaling, coming into Jerusalem, and then the word going out, you will be my witnesses. What is so special about that? He structures this very particularly because Luke really wants to communicate, and it's all through his gospel, the universal salvation of Jesus Christ, how his love is there for the whole world. And it goes to Jerusalem, where we have the cross and the empty tomb. That's where our sins were paid for. That's where salvation has been given to us. That's where we have been forgiven all of our sins and given life eternal. That is where it happens, at the cross and at the empty tomb. That's where we head. And and in order to understand what happens here in chapter 1, we have this outline of both books that Luke writes in mind. And then we go to chapter 1, and then the angel Gabriel comes. Gabriel who has good news. He has good news for Zechariah. He has good news for Mary and the role that they are playing because this salvation that was accomplished for us in Jerusalem, this is what's happening right now, right in that moment that the angel Gabriel came. At the beginning of Luke, we are introduced to to this whole movement through good news delivered by the angel, and then of all things, music and singing. Gospel and then singing, maybe gospel singing. But we have the singing as a response, as a natural response from Zechariah's lips when all of a sudden he is able to speak again at the birth of his son, John the Baptist, and he sings a song that we sing also here in church. That's at the end of this first chapter of Luke. In the middle of Luke, when Mary is visited by uh, by the angel Gabriel, right afterwards she goes to visit her cousin. Gabriel says, your cousin, who is old, is now also a child in her sixth month. So Mary goes to see her. And the baby, John the Baptist, in in Elizabeth's womb, leaps for joy. A little amen, hallelujah, right there. And suddenly, Mary breaks out into song. Again, it's a song that we sing in our church in our evening prayer time. My soul magnifies the Lord. Now, I want to take a look at these two songs and really draw near to this salvation gospel message that Luke is giving to us in hope that this helps our Christmas preparation today. So let's take a look, first of all, at one verse out of Mary's psalm. I'm going to highlight a particular word even. Look at verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. That's the word I want to underline, highlight the word mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. So the mention of Abraham and his offspring, that, that takes us back to Old Testament times to say that maybe this travel narrative of Luke is is beginning even further in advance, back to the Old Testament, back to the beginning of the Bible and the book of Genesis. He has remembered mercy, the remembrance of his mercy. Hang on to that word for a moment, and then look with me, scan on the next column there, Zechariah's prophecy. Zechariah was not able to speak as he asked the angel, Gabriel, how will this be? And Gabriel said, you will not be able to speak until these things happen. These things happen. At the birth of his son, Zechariah then breaks out. His first words are this prophecy, this song. And he says in verse 72 that we should be saved from our enemies to show the mercy promised to us by our fathers. Saved from our enemies in the verse before. That should sound familiar as well if our Old Testament lesson today from 2 Samuel 7, it's the same thing that that promise that was given to David. But why is he saving us from our enemies? To show the mercy promised by our fathers. Now scan with me again, verse 77. To give knowledge of salvation to his people. There's the cross. In the forgiveness of their sins. Jesus forgiving us on the cross. Because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. The day star will arise, is another translation of that. The word mercy. It's my favorite word in the Bible. It's my favorite word because in the Old Testament, when that word is spoken, it's the word chesed. It means, well, Sunday school, you just learned this steadfast love, love that doesn't quit. Love that keeps moving, keeps pressing on. No matter what we do, that love is always there. Steadfast love, mercy, chesed. In the New Testament, it takes on a new dimension with Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it means you want to know what mercy means. You want to know what mercy looks like. How much the Father loves and cares for us, does not want to lose us to the fires of hell. You look at the outstretched arms of our Savior on the cross in Jerusalem. The cross, the empty tomb, that's where Luke is leading to. That's where the movement is from. That's the travel that began back in the days of Abraham and our fathers and continues on. It's important for us today. This day, today, is December 21st the winter solstice. And I'm not mentioning that for any particular reason except that it's the darkest time of the year for us here in the Northern Hemisphere, the shortest day. So that we only enjoy the sunlight out there right now because then it's it's here and then it's gone. It's the shortest day. But then afterward, then the days start to lengthen up again. I think it's no coincidence it's a god instance that it's at this time of year we celebrate our savior's coming what's one of the things that we love to do at christmas eve it's my my favorite moment in the traditional christmas eve service when we all have our candles right we're singing silent night and then the silent night is concluded the lights have been dimmed in the sanctuary when you hold your candle this year i want you to look at the flame of the candle. And just notice how the darkness can only go so far and then it has to stop. The light is always stronger than the darkness. Back to Zechariah's song. The day star, the sunrise from on high will shine upon you. This is the mercy. This is the steadfast love. This is, this is the, the love of God that does not quit, that never fails no matter what. We need this right now. You know, this not, we, we say Merry Christmas to one another. It's not always merry for everybody. There's times where you don't want to be merry. There's times where you want to say with, with Scrooge, give it a bah humbug, because you're overwhelmed with stress. You're overwhelmed with sadness. This is, this is when the sunlight isn't that, that far in the sky, and it's, it, there's the darkness around. There's also the darkness inside as well. There's the darkness that creeps in, and gives you all this self-doubt, piles up the the ancient foe, the evil one, the Satan will pile up all your failures and all your doubts and all your insecurities and say, well, what a miserable person. Who could love you? What a miserable person you are. And there's people that struggle with that constantly. There's also the sadness that's there because at this time of year, my family and i'm sure in yours as well in some cases there's the empty chair that's there someone that you want to be celebrating with you who's not there anymore and we're we're overwhelmed sometimes with that sadness that gets mingled in to our celebrations at this time of year and then there's also our own struggles inside the sinfulness that jesus came to save us from and then well then why do we still struggle with addiction why are there t- still times that god feels so far away And it's at those times we need to be reassured of our forgiveness. We need to be reassured of the steadfast love of the Lord. We need to be taken on this journey that Luke puts us on. From the beginning, from from Genesis and the time of Abraham and the journey that goes to Jerusalem, the journey where we are witnesses to the end of the earth, it goes to the cross, it goes to the empty tomb, where we have this reminder of God's steadfast love that will never fail, that will never quit. We sang about it. We sang that verse, the verse that Zechariah inspired, the prayer, I said the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, there's a series of prayers that go along with that hymn, the great O antiphons, because it all begins, oh, and those are prayed during the evening prayer time, right before Mary's song, especially in monastic communities, and the prayer that is for tonight, so very appropriate, the prayer that is for tonight, O dayspring, the sunrise from on high, splendor of light, and we sang it in the words of, O come, O come, Emmanuel, O come, thou dayspring from on high, and cheer us. By thy drawing nigh disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight our own sinful selves the evil foe who will give us doubt and even death itself cannot stand against the light that comes to us at this time of year the joyous light of christmas time at the end of this sermon i'm going to have to blow this out otherwise i'll have to answer to the fire marshal right But we know that the light will not go out in our hearts and will come to us at this Christmas time. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.